The Car Guys Report Informed Automotive is up next, but first, take a listen to this other fine Opie show. On this week's Free Kicks with Adam and Rick, uh, this story is just amazing. really is. A player in France bit another player in an area that just normally does not happen. Right. And it's been suspended for five years. If you want to find out exactly what part he bit... You'll have to tune into the show. Free Kicks with Adam and Rick, a Tony Lasano podcast. Go to opishows.com or wherever you find podcasts. Just search for Radio Misfits. The following is a Tony Lasano podcast, an Opie show on the Radio Misfits podcast network. This is the Car Guys Report, Informed Automotive. Thanks so much for taking us along for the ride. Certainly glad to have you with us. I'm Mark Vernon. Uh, Lou Costable is on assignment and filling in for Lou for this session of the Car Guys Report. We welcome back special guest Bill Kubik. He's a nationally recognized Buick specialist. We had him on a uh, a podcast uh, early on last year. And Bill, you have the significance of having actually been our first guest on the Car Guys Report. And then you're the first per- first guest that has made a second appearance on the Car Guys Report. So apparently we didn't offend you too badly because you decided to come back. So welcome back to the Car Guys Report. I'm just looking for the anniversary vest that I can have on there that says number two. Number two, exactly. Well, I'm sure you'll be on the program in the future as well. So we'll hold off on that. Maybe do a fifth anniversary one. That would work out. But uh, good to have you along here in the Car Guys Report studio. And you know, we always start off the program just talking about uh, what's new in our car world. And I haven't seen you for a, for a little bit. Um, and one thing that I think you don't know that I did, we talked about it uh, with Lou uh, in a couple episodes before, but we always want to talk about our real-life car experiences. I purchased a brand-new 2019 Fiat 500. Hey. I traded my 2012 Fiat 500 for a new one, partly because uh, a couple of reasons. Um, I decided that, first of all, the car was was going to be eight years old um and it's been a great car it was really a fantastic car for me i really had no issues with it or anything but there was some maintenance items that were starting to come up uh probably in the next in, in this year 2020 um that would have been uh you know relatively pricey um and i started thinking like you know in 2019 they're not uh, 2019 was the last year for the sale of the Fiat 500 in the U.S. So it's like, oh, well, my last chance to get a new one if I want one. So I decided, you know, I might as well see what I can do. And lo and behold, I have a 2019 Fiat 500. Well, plus you probably also took advantage of the trade-in uh, changes that are coming next year. Or, sorry, this oh, year yeah. in, in Illinois. Yeah, the uh, tax thing yeah. where they're capping it at $10,000 versus unlimited before. Mm-hmm. Actually, that wouldn't have affected me because uh, a trade-in value on a 2012 Fiat isn't all that great. <laughs> uh, below the $10,000 threshold regardless. Yeah. But no, that is a, a big thing. I mean, you bring that point up seven years ago when I purchased uh, my Mercedes, uh, I had a trade-in of my uh, Infiniti G37, which I got thirty-three grand for, and now, yeah, I would only be able to get ten thousand of that thirty-three. And when you start figuring out the tax difference, yeah. because what you always do when you trade in a car, at least I, I, I assume it works this way in every state, but you you take the trade-in value of your car and you subtract it from the purchase price of what you're buying, and that in essence lowers your tax rate. And when you're talking tens of thousands of dollars at a six or seven or eight percent tax rate, that can add up to some significant significant cash mm-hmm. and um i know that the 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 car dealers uh, locally were pushing that uh through the end of 2019 saying yeah that the tax thing is changing so if you've got a trade that's worth a lot of money you should do it now and save, save yourself yeah. some cash but uh the new fiat's great uh it's a little darker silver than the one that i had before it's still a base model but they did do some incremental updates to it the biggest things that they did that my car never had it they have a, a backup camera on it now they greatly improved the uh the audio uh phone system uh integration bluetooth on the, uh, the, the old car had bluetooth but this one is a, a Uconnect system, and it's a, a better system than what was on there. And then they also upgraded the uh, instrument cluster. It used to have a kind of a concentric actual uh, analog um, speedometer and tachometer, and then a center digital part. And now the entire uh, 
instrument cluster is a TFT display color, and it's really cool. And, and what I like about it, and, and that's one thing I like about the TFT displays, is since they're fully electronic, they can change with different driving modes. So when you put it into the sport mode, it changes the, it makes the tack bigger, and it gets, gets rid of the uh, fuel, ga- uh, fuel economy gauge and puts in a turbo boost gauge, and it makes the, it, it italicizes the speedometer, so it's, so it's a little so, racier. And, so, so it's like a speedometer <laughs> At speed, it is exactly yeah. yeah. So it's cool that they can do stuff like that. Huh. So uh, it's a great car so far. I'm hoping that I will have uh, equally as good luck with uh, with the 2019 as I did with the uh, 2012 because it was a it was a good car. I know with that one too. You upgraded some of the trim on there. Are you planning on doing some of that with the new one? No, actually, I'm not. Uh, good point. Yeah, I did. Uh, that's one thing I had always w- had wanted to do to a car. I don't know if they still use the word slamming, which is one of the terms when people sit there and they they take a car. And they kind of personalize it, modify it, uh, either, you know, suspension, engine, uh, exterior, interior stuff. Because I did a lot to the to the 2012. And basically, a lot of the stuff that I did to the 2012 comes standard now, even on oh. the pop for the 2019, like the rear spoiler, the rear diffuser, the driving lights, the alloy wheels, the bigger tires. Huh. All that stuff is, is already on my car. How so. about the flag on the fender? No, oh. no. I, I'm not going to put the... <laughs> I had the Italian flag yeah. fender badges that yeah. I put on the, uh, on the 2012. No, I'm not going to do that on the uh, 2019. Actually, I've said, famous last words, but I've said I'm not going to be doing any um you know upgrades to this vehicle because it's just basically it's 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 how i want it it looks great and i kind of got that out of my system anyway i've done one car where i, I went kind of overboard on it and it turned out really well but I, I have really no reason to do that again um one thing i wanted to ask about you i know that you've been driving your bmw um and it's a two refresh my memory what what model do you have it's a it's a two two eight i okay so and it's the uh, convertible model yeah and it's a uh, extra yeah it's all-wheel drive yep. and how has that car been i know we haven't had that much snow yet in the winter in the midwest here yet at least in the chicago area but um how has it been in the in the colder weather so far you know it's been great and i was kind of worried because even though it's all-wheel drive it's a smaller car yeah usually i'm, I'm used to a heavier car mm-hmm. uh, i drove a c-ring before this and it's, it's been great um I, I really like the turbo on there too because mm-hmm. it really scoots when you really need to accelerate sure. even though it's a four-cylinder it really goes yeah well that's that was the biggest change they did i i I neglected to say in the 2019 500 all the fiat 500s now are uh turbocharged Hmm. so uh it was a big improvement same size engine a 1.4 liter um four-cylinder but it went from basically 100 horsepower to 135 so that's a third more horsepower and 100 pound feet of torque to 150 hmm. so that's a 50 percent increase and it really transforms the car like you yeah. you're indicating yeah it's got it's got power never i mean i never felt that it lacked for power i know that's probably one of the biggest complaints of of that car though and i never went into it thinking that a little 1.4 liter 100 horsepower engine is going to change the world but adding the turbo on that car with the automatic the six-speed uh ac and automatic it it's just it's a blast to drive i mean it always has been a fun car but it has that extra oomph like you say and it just really makes it uh even that more enjoyable so mm-hmm. um and you don't have any issues with the uh, convertible um the top uh keeping warm inside the car or anything no not at all and and i've had like i say a sebring before this another sebring before that and and, it, and it's the same in the bmw where they've got the outer kind of skin of the mm-hmm. roof and then below that about an inch lower is like another kind of insulation okay. layer. so there's like a layer of air between the outer outer edge and your interior okay. of the cabin so it does keep you warm and i've never had any problem with wind or, or chilling or anything like that it's cool been, it's and been great well, obviously you have heated seats too oh, yeah. right and, and your heated steering wheel and you do have a heated steering yeah. wheel. Yeah. we were talking about that on the radio misfits um podcast network we did a uh, special christmas edition with our producer tony lasano uh towards the end of 2019 and he was we had all the radio misfits podcasters in one room which was kind of spectacular in its own right and uh, one of the shows that we did uh, around that time was um, what we were calling frivolous or non-frivolous car features and Tony asked me you know what do you think is a, a a feature that you think is good and the one that you might think is frivolous but it really isn't and i said well heated seats obviously they've been around for a while they're awesome but i said it might sound frivolous but if you have never experienced a heated steering wheel yeah. it's awesome it is it really is you just get that little bit of heat and especially you know if you park your car outside or if it's parked out like we're you know outside when you're working you come out to a cold car it has just enough heat to kind of just 
gently warm your hands and your fingers and on that wheel. I love it. Oh yeah, I do too. And and it's really it really does make a difference because I park my car at the train station every day. Yeah, I, I work downtown, and when you come back after eight hours and it's been you know thirty degrees yeah. or so, it really does make a difference because usually you would have to put gloves on exactly, or something like yeah. that or, or hold it with kind of like the palms <laughs> of your hand only. Yeah, you know it's probably not the safest thing, but um, but this really makes a difference. Yeah. It makes it feel like it just got out of the garage. Exactly. And do you is yours automatic or do you have an on off? There's a switch. Or, on there, okay, because yeah. I only unfortunately that's one thing my Mercedes doesn't have and wasn't even an option on on my E Class Coupe. But my Porsche Cayenne has the heated steering wheel. It's the only car that I own with a heated wheel, and that one's an automatic one. So hmm. just and it's funny because when I bought that vehicle, I bought it used about uh, six years ago already now. And um, I didn't know that it had a heated steering wheel in it. And then one day when it was colder outside, I'm just like, do I feel a little heat in the wheel? And then I, I looked up in the owner's manual, and it was sure enough, you know, if equipped, it's mm-hmm. automatic, whatever. It's like, cool. Yeah. <laughs> it's awesome. So, yeah. yeah, definitely not a frivolous feature. I would definitely recommend that if you have the chance to get a heated steering wheel in a car, do it. Yeah, because yeah. my wife recommends it as well. She's got it on her, her Nissan. And, so. and that's interesting yeah. because it's, it used to be a, a feature that you'd only see on the high-end luxury ca- uh, cars, mm-hmm. and she's got an Altima, right? Yeah, yeah. Right. and that's a mid-range um, car, so it's good that they're they're – having that that comfort performance safety whatever you want to call it feature yeah. trickling downwards to the, well to be to honest the, though it's a mid-range car yeah. but we got all the options that you could get okay we got the sunroof we got the heated steering wheel the heated seats the do the you have those space radio. seats in there the things that are zero gravity seats no, they're supposed no. To be okay. <laughs> no no we we just have those on our back deck okay <laughs> <laughs> But uh, we both heartily in, uh, endorse the um, the heated steering wheel. So that's yes. a, a Car Guys Report exclusive here. You've heard it here first. Yep. And if you like what we're doing on the Car Guys Report, be sure to tell a friend about our podcast. It's available online at radiomisfits.com. You can follow us on Twitter at Car Guys Podcast. And you can always email us at any time. We love to get your emails. Questions, comments, complaints, accolades, anything you want. CarGuysReport at Hotmail.com is our email address. I'm Mark Vernon. Um, We have Bill Kubik, a special guest today with the Car Guys Report, Informed Automotive. Bill's in the studio for the second time. And, uh, Bill, I wanted to talk about our recent car buying experiences. Like I said, I just purchased a um, a new 2019 Fiat from a Fiat dealer, obviously, because it's a brand-new car. And I actually went back to the dealer that I bought my first Fiat from because, A, there's, in the, even in the Chicago area, I think there's only like four Fiat dealers. Um, and I had a decent experience the first time around. So I thought, you know, and they actually had, just like the first time I went there, because there's never a lot of stock on these Fiat 500s. They literally had like two in stock mm-hmm. of what I wanted. Even eight years ago, when I went to buy my first one, they only had two in the base model with an automatic and that's what i wanted this time around too so i was a little hamstrung as far as you know having to go back to them from that standpoint but it, it wasn't anything that i was you know dreading or anything because i had a decent experience the first time around and the second time went went pretty much the same i will say that you know i haven't traded in i think i've only traded in two cars at a at a um a new car dealer uh when making a purchase and one thing i've i've learned is Never accept the first trade-in offer that they give you because <laughs> they always, <laughs> always will come up in their trade-in value. They always lowball the hell out of you mm-hmm. at first, and exactly that's exactly what they did here. Obviously, I didn't expect to get a lot of money for my, for my 2012 Fiat, but uh, the first offer they gave me was pretty low, and they actually came up about a third, which was interesting. Oh. So it made it you know uh, a better deal in the end. They didn't want to come off the already discounted uh, price of the the car, the new car itself. And actually, you know, I had a sticker of something like 19.5 or 19.7 on it. And they were down uh, like $3,500 off of that price. And they just, you know, I was thinking, man, they, you know, I was hoping they could come off a little bit from that price. And they just didn't want to budge from that. So that's why one reason they brought up, I think, the trade in value. But it worked out uh, fine in the end. And, and there was really nothing, you know, there's no, there wasn't too much back and forth, like, you know, the big, <sighs> well, I got to go talk to my manager, and then they <laughs> you have to stand up and start yeah, walking away. Yeah, and... exactly. No, I didn't. Yeah, I, well, I wasn't jumping up and down in my seat, going, "No, no, I'm going to leave and come back," or because you know there wasn't 
you know, they had the car that I wanted, basically. Right. If, I was, if I was buying a, a car where they had, you know, 50 in stock at every dealer, then you, yeah. can, then you can play that game. Mm-hmm. But when, you're, when they have basically what you want, you just can't let on to it that much that it's like, well, I really want this car now, you know, you just, whatever. I, I'm not that good of a negotiator when it comes to that. You just kind of, you know, basically my, 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 um, my theory was I just don't say a lot. You know, like when they gave, came back with the first offer on my trade, and I was just like, hmm, hmm that's, that's pretty low. Yeah. <laughs> and that's about all that's I said. disappointing. Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was like, hmm. But, um, you know, so overall, though, um, you know, the new car, new car dealer um, experience I had uh, recently was, again, a, a pretty decent experience. Um, so I, I didn't have a problem with that. Now, you bought uh, your BMW used um, from a BMW dealer, though, so that's yeah. another uh, variation there. So, how did your your um, your experience go? You know, it was it was really really smooth, and uh, the, the dealership was great. Uh, the salesperson that I dealt with was real great. He he was very uh, low key kind of a person, and that's the ones I like. The ones that are just you know they're not all pushy. And yeah, things right. Like that. And, and you know, got me coffee yeah. and snacks and things like that. And then um, we we talked about the price, and he went back only once to talk to his manager yeah. <laughs> and came back and said, yep, that's fine. Wow. Um, and he also, the, the car actually was, was in the lot, you know, parked underneath a tree. Okay. And underneath that tree, I guess a, a bird had made its nest in the tree. And so a bunch of like shavings came down oh, and okay. grass and stuff that it made its nest with. And so I, I brought that up and he says, well, you know what? Don't, don't worry about it. When, when you're ready, bring the car back and we'll give you a free detailing. As oh, well. wow. So it's like, okay, that's great. And, and he brought that up. So it's like, wow, this is really nice. Well, at least they didn't make the nest in your in your convertible top instead of <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, well, at least I get the eggs now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and one thing they always try to do when you buy a new car or even a used car at, at a dealer, they always try to upsell you on all the extra junk. Um, they didn't do it too much because this my salesperson at the Fiat dealer knew that I didn't want to buy. You know, I'm buying a base model car, yeah. and I didn't want to buy a bunch of crap that they try to sell you. But I'll, I'll never forget when I. Um, bought my infinity and this is almost 10 years ago i bought a brand new uh g37 coupe and you know you get the they had the car in stock so you know you get your your sometimes your salesperson steps away then they have some other person come in and tell you how the car works and in this case at the infinity dealer dealer that's what they did they had this guy that just comes in and kind of supposed to show you all the features then he starts trying to upsell you and all the stuff and i remember he goes well we have this uh, interior protection thing that it's basically like insurance so if you're you know let's say you're in your car and you have a screwdriver in your pocket and you punch a hole in your seat i'm like oh, yeah okay i always carry around a big giant screwdriver in my <laughs> pocket that i'm going to be sitting down in my leather seats and punching a hole in it <laughs> now pal i'm not going to pay your 800 dollars or whatever you want for that yeah, every month <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> the only things that i would recommend occasionally as an upsell or an extra would be either a service package which i did on my mercedes i think i saved maybe two or three hundred dollars i got like prepaid like factory service for three years, which a lot of cars, even BMW, give you free now when you buy a, a new car. You get like three years like or oil, five. Oil yeah, well, it's basically stuff? scheduled maintenance. So basically oh. what it does, it amounts to, like in the in the Mercedes, for three years it amounted to, you know, three oil changes because once a year oil change, a brake fluid change, and I think maybe a cabin air filter, and that was it. So mm. it doesn't sound like a lot, but it was still a savings, yeah. you know. And I, I'm, I'm kind of the type, as much as I don't like, and we'll probably diverge here a little bit, as much as I don't like the deal experience of getting your car service there i kind of feel that if you in there you don't have to do this but if you buy a new car from the dealer i kind of like having the oil changes done there during the warranty period and then once the warranty's done start doing it on your own or go mm, elsewhere just, i don't know it's just because they're always looking for stuff on your car yeah. that's wrong and they might notice something that's wrong and it's under warranty, and they'll fix it, which, which you may not know. Like, the only issue I had with my 2012 Fiat, which was discovered during an oil change at the dealer, was they said the rear main seal was leaking. And I'm like, I don't know. I can't tell. I didn't yeah. see anything. But they said it's leaking, and it was under warranty, so they fixed it, you know. And I would have maybe not known that if I wasn't taking it there. So that that's all. I mean, I know you're shrugging your head and things like that. And, and, and people are sometimes under the mistaken impression that they have to take their car to the dealer for service mm-hmm. uh, during the warranty period. No, you don't. But 
you know, cars are almost maintenance-free these days anyway. It's basically just oil changes, filter changes, yeah. and occasional spark plug changes, and, you know, hardly anything. So, it you know, that's where the dealers make their money, so they want to try to get you in on that. The other thing, the only other thing that could have any credence would be maybe, and I know they try to sell you this, is the things for, like, your alloy wheels, you know, because so many cars have low-profile tires, and people are always, especially oh, here, hitting curbs, yeah, and hitting like curbs and potholes and stuff, and and it's like insurance basically for that. But you know, I've never bought that, but I know that especially the roads here in Illinois are such crap that, mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah, well, and when I when I bought my BMW, that was one of the services that they offered. Yeah, they also offered a Simonized protection, yeah. which is kind of like a, a super wax yeah. kind of a thing. Uh, also, windshield protection. So if you get a crack in there, they would replace that, and. Um, Oil changes, yeah. th- those kind of uh, things like that too. But um, for for me, I didn't go for that um, mainly because they're so far away. The dealership was was way up on the north side, okay, yeah, and, and that would be kind of a long, Hall, prohibitive, but, you know, drive to get up yeah. there all the time and needed service. But then I do a lot of the work myself too. And I remember though, you were telling me, and I wanted to share this with our listeners, is that um, they were trying to sell you like an oil change package, and you told them that. You do your own oil changes, and they just like freak out or whatever. They go like, "Really? Yeah." <laughs> it's like, "Well, what about brakes? Do you do brakes?" Yeah. Um, well, yes, I yeah. do. <laughs> really? Wow. <laughs> I couldn't but, believe it. Yeah. Well, that's that's kind of the the way car buyers are these days. Though, that they're so used to. Uh, not doing anything on their right. car, you know, and everything is so proprietary that almost brakes and oil changes are about the only thing that you can do as a, as a civilian, so to speak, mm-hmm. uh, versus, you know, taking it to the dealer. But, um, yeah, it's funny, the whole thing like that. But you actually pretty much had a, a pretty decent experience. Yeah, like I thought it was great. Yeah. Okay. Other, than, other than being handed over to that guy who really would not let go of trying to upsell me on those yeah. things, right? Yeah. He, well, he just did not want me to get up and walk away. Yeah, well, that's like the, the, the doofus that was trying to sell me the, the interior protection with the screwdriver. It's like, no, I'm not going to walk around yeah. with a giant screwdriver in my pocket and sit down in my seat. I just Well, I was able to blame my wife, too, <laughs> yeah. because she came with me. <laughs> yeah, okay. And then she left when she when we really you know settled on the car, when we settled on the price. Yeah. And then she said, okay, you're going to be fine, right, because they'll let you take the car home. Yes, dear. And so then she went home, she went shopping, and then I went over and was handed over to the finance guy okay. after all this started <laughs> and so then i just kind of basically said well I, I can't move my wife isn't here we agreed to this price she'll yeah. kill me if i would spend any more money on yeah. this kind of a thing and too. you didn't do you know i luckily i i was in, i've been in a position where i can actually pay cash for my cars um so i didn't fall into the trap like bill where do you want to be every month you know with the, yeah. the whole and i know you're smart enough not to fall for that yep. that trap because that's what they always say like well where do you want to be every month and that way they can just jigger the numbers around and just totally screw oh, yeah. you over yeah and this guy was an expert at it too yeah I mean, he had the computer screen in front of him and he just did a th- few things type 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 okay here's your new price yeah well, well wait 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 what, what does that include <laughs> yeah. well it, uh, it includes this and this well let me do it again you, you don't like that i'll do it another way and, and then, how many months <laughs> yeah right yeah right and then you kind of figure it out it's like that's not yeah, Maybe what's what's worth it? Yeah, I know it's 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 really pretty scary because they always say that you should just negotiate the actual purchase price of the car and don't worry about what your monthly payments are going to be. You know, yeah. get the get the price down first and the trade in, and then figure out where you're going to be as far as like how much how long your term is going to be and yep. things like that. Yep. So then later in later last year, kind of in summertime. I know you purchased another used car for your daughter, and you bought that, I believe, we don't want to name names, but you bought that at a national used car chain, right? And yeah. there's, our listeners probably can figure out what, what that may or may yeah, not be. Yeah, it's a superstore. Yeah, yeah, used car superstore, and all yep. they do is, is sell used cars. How did that experience go? Um, we've actually bought several cars from them. Okay. So we, we like that experience. We, we like that they have uh, a bunch of different makes and models, all very similar. You can see them right there. You can test drive them from a bunch of different manufacturers, right? So that you can see if you fit in them. Side by side. Side by of, yeah. side, exactly, and compare. Um, Is and it truly one price? Yeah. I mean, there's no negotiation no at haggling. all. Really? Yeah, right. Yeah. We, we've also sold a car to them, too. Yeah. Uh, and that was the same thing. They just said, here's what the price is. Uh, Take it or leave it. Yep, exactly. Okay. So we, we couldn't get up and walk away. They would just say, okay, thanks anyway. But. Now, I know that I don't think they did, the, did this with your BMW, but I know that 
your daughter, I saw a picture of the car that she purchased. It was a Nissan Sentra, I believe. Yeah, correct. And uh, now, did that big giant ribbon cost extra, or did, was that in part of the? Was that involved in the purchase price? <laughs> no, that was included. Okay. Plus the picture taking okay. experience, so uh, <laughs> it was well worth it. And was that pretty pretty quick in and out? You know, when you decided on the car that that she wanted to get? Um, um, yeah, pretty much. Uh, that you know, and, and I don't know if it it's maybe their commission structure or maybe they don't have a commission structure. But supposedly the guy wasn't pushy at all. He wasn't. Yeah, because supposedly my my. Um, salesperson at the fiat dealer said that you know i'm i'm on a salary i don't work really? on a commission yeah so oh. I, it seems like some of our kind of moving towards that but i think there's got to be some kind of bonus structure in there that you know if a guy sells 20 cars in a month he better get something for that instead right. of just his base salary yeah right right <laughs> so, I, I know <laughs> and and you feel that uh her car i mean i know both cars are, are that you purchased last year even though they're used cars, I mean, like the the Nissan was practically brand new. It was like a 2018, I think. Or something yeah, like right. That. And it had like a 19,000 miles. Yeah, on it. and it then was your very... and your BMW is not that old. The 2016, I Correct. believe. Yeah. Yep. Um, so actually, so those cars should really be, you know, no issues with them. They've been good cars so far. Oh yeah. yeah, I mean, the BMW had 36,000 miles yeah. on it. Now it's up to 41. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it's it's brand new. BMW engine should last for a long, long yeah. time. So yeah. Yeah, that's that's the other thing, too. I mean, I, that I've been amazed at is that cars made since probably the, the, the 2000 and onward, the the, the whatever they call it, the uh, year Y2K. That's mm-hmm. what I'm thinking. We, we remember how big of a thing that was 20 oh, years yeah. ago, and now we barely remember it. It's us IT professionals exactly. that made it so smooth. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, cars are just made, you know, the, the tolerances, the oils, the lubrication, the lubricants they're using now, they, they really do. As long as you just do your oil um, and just the, the relative, just basic maintenance, which is all really you have to do. If you ever look in your, you know, I don't know how many people look in their maintenance schedules, but I was amazed even with the, with the, with the Fiat, the new Fiat, it's even got a little bit less maintenance than my 2012 did. Hmm. And that didn't have a lot. Yeah. I mean, the biggest thing is the timing belt. And now you don't even have to change the timing belt for 10 years because I don't put a lot of mileage on my car. So it's 150,000 miles or 10 years. I mean, that's amazing. Wow. Because timing belts always used to be like 60,000 miles or, yeah. or, you know, no one would really pay attention to the time element, but there is a time element there too, like five years. And now they're up to like 10 years and 150,000 miles. It's unbelievable. Yeah, that's great. And then the only other stuff before that is just basically, I think a coolant flush at 10 years, um, you know, then just a, oil changes, uh, air filter, cabin air filter, and they don't even say you have to regularly change the brake fluid either. I'm a big believer in that regardless of what the owner's manual says, but um, you know, a lot of car manufacturers don't, don't, don't even specify that as regular maintenance. So yeah, it, cars, you know, like we've been kind of talking about this, buying used cars that, you know, they're almost maintenance free these days. So yeah. not quite, but almost. And then the last part of the equation when I bought my Corvette last year, that was from a private party. And I hadn't bought a, a car from a private party for a number of years, actually. And those are always usually probably the, the, the easiest deals because, um, you know, it's funny, like sometimes you're you're at the person's house or wherever you meet. Sometimes you want to meet in a safer place, like a parking lot, a public area. You just never know. Um, but this was actually, I met this gentleman at his house. And it's like sometimes you're walking up the drive and you can like right away see like, excellent condition what's that <laughs> you know mint <laughs> yeah let's have some definitions yeah, here exactly um so you can kind of almost tell within the first 30 seconds whether it's been accurately represented or not but um you know the corvette was fine it's a 92 corvette um he had it and and it's always a good sign too when you, when when the guy knows you're coming per, the seller knows you're coming and they've got the car like you know he had it in the center of his garage. You know, the doors were open. The hood was up. You know, he's, like, expecting me. So Mm -hmm. he's not trying to hide anything. And he was just, like, telling me, like, every little thing that he thought was wrong with the car. Like, well, there's a little... windshield repair here and i'm like i don't even see it you know <laughs> yeah. and he goes and i changed the water pump because it's leaking and he showed me the old water pump and you know so it's good to know that you know yeah. he's not hiding anything basically and then you know i ended up buying that car i got him down a little bit on price and the best thing was i had him um 
deliver the car to me here at the Car Guys Report warehouse, um, which was nice because where he was was you know uh, fifty or so miles away. So it just it always is easier when while they still have their insurance and their license plates that they can just deliver the car to you and then yeah. you get all your stuff. But it worked out well, you know, just you get that cashier's check from the from the bank and and you have your your own little you know bill of sale that you write out and boom one and done so hmm. it you know it worked out well it's not always that easy i think um i think the the last time i tried to buy a uh, a used car from a private party was about uh god five years ago already i think uh, i went to look at a, a 75 mercury marquee two-door uh, hardtop and I tried to take a page from the uh, the reality TV car shows that we see on TV, like Fast and Loud and and uh, Counting Cars, where they're always just carrying a wad of, of bills around in their <laughs> wallet, and, and you know it's money talks and BS yeah. walks. And I literally got, I literally took with me forty five hundred dollars in cash, hmm. crisp, brand new one hundred dollar bills, because I literally went to the bank right before I went to the car to see the car. And I offered him. I he I think he was at like six grand or something. The car car was okay, but it wasn't a six thousand dollar car. I think I opened at four thousand. You know, mm. I actually pulled out the money. I said, "Here's four thousand dollars in cash." He didn't take it, mm. and I went up to forty five hundred. And he still didn't take it, so I'm like, okay, fine. So I put the money back in my, my pocket. But that's what he wanted, though, didn't he? No, he wanted like six thousand. Oh, six. But oh, but it had been for sale for like at least two months. Yeah. And when I got there, he said, "Huh." You're the only one that's actually ever called and actually come out. <laughs> so apparently you got the people calling him, but yeah. they never show up. I'm like, well, that's because I'm a serious buyer, and yeah. I'm trying to prove it to you with and my wad of your cash. Your price here. might be too high. Yeah, exactly. And sure enough, he cut his price like a month later, and then um, it languished uh, for another few weeks, and then it just... I don't know if he ever sold it. Because he, he was one of these things like, well, for $4,500, i will just keep it and, and, and have my son work on it or something. Yeah. yeah whatever. So that the whole cash thing that you see in the reality TV shows, I don't know if that works as well as, it sh- yeah, as they show. As advertised. Yeah. <laughs> so, so let me ask you this. So my son, this is a, he bought his BMW last summer, uh, his 328 IS. Yeah, his 1996. Yeah. yeah uh, in an E36. And he bought it from another kid that's about his age. My, my son is 20. Uh, and this guy was about 20 that he bought it from. And so he liked the car. He was asking 1800 for it. Yeah. Uh, and so then we're getting ready to sign the, the bill of sale. Yeah. And we look at the title, and the title's in someone else's name. Yeah, that's a problem. Yeah. What you should never, theoretically, because uh, your son never had a title over to him then? He did. He did. But then how could it have? Oh, when he bought it. So so no when 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 you guys bought it when we bought it the title was in someone else's name now it was Not it the, was signed on the back though that said this is the signature of the owner yeah but it, it never was titled I know, in the guy that I know we what you're saying I, yeah that that happened once about twenty five no thirty years ago um, when my dad uh, I found a car that that he wanted to buy it was a Renee Renault Fuego remember those oh, yeah, yeah. Did, yeah and um, the exact same thing I, I did the deal on the car because it was close to where I was working at the time and I didn't even think about you know checking I I knew I had a title but I didn't like check the name but it was signed over but it wasn't issued to right. the seller right and basically all we did is we somehow figured out that the car had been bought from a used car dealer. And we actually looked the guy up. He was like some guy that worked out of his house. And he kind of, he just somehow took care of the title on his own and we got it okay. We didn't have to go to the Secretary of State's office. But there's a term for that. I don't know if it's called jumping title or something like that, where yeah. technically, technically, quote unquote, it's, it's illegal to do that. Mm-hmm. But um, when you guys did that then, so you got the, the title, what did you do then? So we just brought the title over to the Secretary and of no State. And no problem. No problem okay. at all because it was signed by the owner. Yeah. And they yeah. don't know that there was that intermediate. Yeah, you never person. know exactly. Yeah, exactly. You never know how that's going to um, happen. Usually, that happens when someone doesn't hold on to the car long enough. Oh yeah, and they they decide they want to sell it in like a week or two, and then they they, they said okay, that, yeah. Because yeah. um, that's I, how I bought my limited. It, the limited was not in the the guy's name that we went to go. No, see. like thirty years ago. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And we're talking about Bill's nineteen fifty eight Buick Limited. So then, what happened with that? Because so the same thing. Same the title thing. was signed. Yeah. Uh, and I think I think the guy that we bought it from or that I bought it from contacted the original owner and said, hey, can I have a duplicate title? Because it did say duplicate. Oh, okay. And then he signed it over to the guy that I bought okay. it from, and then that was fine. Same same deal. They said, okay, it's a Utah title. It's It's got the guy's name on it. Yeah. He signed it. You're good okay. to go. Okay. Yeah, it varies by state, I know. And sometimes if you have a different... I remember when I bought my Firebird uh, five years ago, that was a Pennsylvania title. 
and it was issued, you know, it was, it was 100% fine, uh, no issues with it, but it was a Pennsylvania title. And Pennsylvania wants you to get the title notarized before you turn it over to the, hmm. you know, the new owner has to get it. And it's like, okay, whatever. But, you know, I bought cars with Nevada titles and Oregon titles, and every state's a little different with that. But the watchword is, if you're really worried about it, ask to see the title. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> yeah. I mean, because that's the only way you're going to know that you're actually buying the car. You can check the VIN number and things like that. Usually it's not an issue, and, and, and in your case, you didn't have any, any problems with it. I was actually worried about that with the Corvette, too, because the guy... I I bought it from only he was up front he goes you know i've been looking for one of these cars for like a year and he's like i'm 62 and i'm getting ready to retire and he only had it for like a month or two because hmm. uh, he said that you know it's really hard to get in and out of and my back is hurting and stuff and i just realized i think that it wasn't what he thought it would be yeah but he had already had the title in his name and everything because oh. i was worried when he started telling me about that oh great yeah, it's gonna be one of these title situations yeah. but it wasn't okay. so yeah hmm. it's interesting but all the different <laughs> yeah all the different permutations <laughs> well, yeah exactly there. it's amazing yeah. how that works uh if you like the car guys report informed automotive be sure to check out some of the other programs that are available on the radio misfits podcast network like the show back to you it's an opi show legendary chicago tv personalities howard sudbury and Steve Baskerville talk about life, travel, food, and long list of things that bug them. Plus, you never know when one of their many famous pals might stop by. That's an OPI show you can check out back to you on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Wherever you find podcasts like uh, Apple, uh, Google, iTunes, all that great stuff, or just search for Radio Misfits and it'll direct you to all the great uh, Radio Misfits podcasts, including the one that you're listening to now, The Car Guys Report, Informed Automotive. Mark Vernon, uh, along with Bill Kubik, while uh, my regular co-host, uh, Lou Costable, is uh, on assignment. Uh, Bill Kubik has uh, been nice enough to come back for a second appearance in The Car Guys Report. We certainly appreciate him. Your Bill is a nationally recognized Buick specialist, and specifically so, the 1958 Buick. And we'll be talking a little bit more about that uh, once again in a few minutes but bill i wanted to just kind of you know we're here in uh, 2020 already just want to take a look back at some of the shows that that uh you and i either attended as uh, together or separately in 2019 any shows that really stood out for you uh that you really enjoyed i know that that we were at a show together another small town show and um we've talked about this once on the on the car guys report where this show had the biggest trophies for the top 30. It wasn't even the top, you know, the top 30 is, is one thing. And then they have like first and second place and best of show. But even the top 30 awards were, I swear, three feet tall. And you oh, got yeah. one. I did. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I know. It didn't fit on my shelf yeah. at home either. <laughs> you know, threw your whole feng shui <laughs> yeah. off, right? Get <laughs> to call Marie Kondo and get something going there. Or, or get the hacksaw out. Yeah. <laughs> It was funny because about a week after that show, I was at a, a little uh, afternoon cruise and I was talking to the people that were next to me. And I had mentioned that we were uh, that I was at that show that we were just talking about um, last the, the prior week. And I said, yeah, my friend just got this huge trophy. And she goes, what car did he have? And I said, oh, he had the 1958 Buick Limited. She goes, Oh, that car. That should have won best of show. It was great. She was just, just gushing about your car. I mean, not that it doesn't deserve to be gushed over, but yep. she was just like, wow. You know, so so I think if you got that first place, it wasn't like six feet tall, just about. It was huge. Yeah, it was probably it was four, I would yeah, say. Four, okay. Yeah, four. Okay. But it was... <laughs> and I finally got one of those big dopey trophies, yep, too. I, yep. I got a, uh, a first place uh, class award for my 58 Impala about a month after or two months after the show that we're just talking mm -hmm. about. And I, it's like two and a half or three feet yeah. tall. And it's like, OK, well, I got my first big dopey trophy. But you, you're right. They're kind of hard to display because you can't find a, yeah, <laughs> a good, convenient shelf, <laughs> so to speak. But, um, yeah. you know, for a while last year in 2019, at least here in the Midwest, you know, we had rain and snow in the spring. And. I, you know, I had a, a, several cars and coffees got canceled, and finally the weather broke. It seemed like it took forever. And actually, we didn't have too many rainouts uh, last yeah. year, which was nice. Um, you know, we always want to talk about things that we don't like, kind of like Steve Baskerville and uh, Howard Sudbury. We can talk about the long list of things that bug us at car shows. Yeah. My biggest complaint, and I don't, you know, we're both getting older, but, you know, we're not cranky old men yet. Um, 
My biggest complaint at car shows is just they play the music too damn loud. Yeah, oh yeah. And sure. I know you and I were at a show uh, last May or June, early June, where it was one of these shows that was spread out in like two huge parking lots. So they had like a remote trailer with a with speakers on top of it and we were literally probably 40 50 feet away from this trailer and we could barely you and i could barely hear ourselves talk and you walked up to the trailer and like turned the speaker around because what else are you gonna do it's just ridiculous because my contention is the fact that people don't go to car shows to listen to the damn music yeah well and and they can listen in the background but you're right that people come there they look at the cars they want to talk about the cars yeah. and you can't do that when the music is so loud yeah exactly and then the other thing in conjunction with the music is some shows not all the shows but some shows every other song there's some dopey announcement like oh the fudgicles are now on sale you know, I just had one, and they're really good. And, you know, hot dogs are coming up in another 20 minutes. Don't forget about that. It's like, you know, it's like, do you really have to give us a dumb announcement every other song? Yeah. <sighs> That's annoying, too. And I know you and I were at a, at a, a small-town cruise night um, last summer. And it's one of these events where, you know, it's, it's, it, we've been going to this event now for a few years in a row. And it, literally, it's a very small town. The entire town literally turns out for this cruise. And I think it had over 100 cars. And this year, they had a different company doing the sound. And first of all, they just waited way too long before they gave them. It was like quarter to seven. And they started giving the awards out. And they were given the, the awards. And they were naming, like, you know, the person's name, which we... We don't know who Joe Blow is versus Stan. What's his name right. is, and then you were yelling. What 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 did you start yelling out? What kind of car did he have? Because <laughs> exactly. they would just say, "Winner of this is Joe Smith." Yeah. Okay. What well, great? Yeah. But what kind of a car did yeah. he have? Because I don't know who's got what, but exactly. I, I do recognize the car. So if you'd say he had a '69 Chevelle, oh yeah, I remember that yeah. car. But. There was none of that forthcoming. Yeah, and it's just like, again, that's the whole reason you go to a car show. You want to see, you know, you don't necessarily go to win a trophy, but when cars win, you want to see which cars people thought yeah. were worthy of a trophy. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, so then they started saying that after you, but it's like... <laughs> <laughs> I had to yell it like five or six <laughs> times. That's pretty though. funny, I know, but <laughs> it was hilarious because, because you know, it's like, come on, yeah. tell us. Yeah, I don't... It's because some of these small towns, everybody seems to know everybody, so maybe somebody does know who Joe Smith is, but we don't, you know? Well, we're from the big city. Yeah. Well, and they do seem to add a lot of that stuff to, hey, everybody, it's it's Joe Smith. Yeah. He's, you know, the guy who owns that shop down the road there. He's got a car and he won today. Yeah, exactly. What kind of a car well, did was, he yeah. <laughs> Hey, didn't Joe Smith win last year with that car, too? <laughs> hmm. I know. And sometimes we'll, you know, I like when they announce the cars coming in. But sometimes, uh, like my friend uh, Gordy, who has the Volvos, and, you know, I've got my weird, quirky sob. And half the time when you show up in a car like that, they don't know what it is. So like, oh, here's a, hmm, well, I don't even know what that is. And then, you know, <laughs> right behind you is some, you know, 1965 Mustang. Like, oh, yeah, there's Gene and, and Bev. Yeah. And, you know, Gene's been working on that car for four years and it looks better than ever. <laughs> you know, so it's like it runs the gamut. You know, it's hilarious. Are there any shows you're looking forward to this year? Well, you know, one of the things, too, that I'm not really sure sure about i think the jury's still out in my mind is is that in a couple of shows this year there was uh women walking around as kind of like a pinup outfit oh kind yeah of a thing, you mm-hmm. know and they're walking around and they're taking pictures with the car and they're kind of lifting up their skirt yeah. while they're taking a picture with you i don't know if that's a new trend <laughs> or i don't know if that's something that is is popular <laughs> well maybe <laughs> like, it's maybe it's to give the older gents something to to yeah. look forward to yeah, maybe i don't know <laughs> I remember there was one that kind of nuzzled up to you at one of the shows. That's true. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> I, I don't know if that's a new thing, like I say. I'm not, yeah. And the jury's still on. So. I did take a, a, a couple of shows that I had been regularly attending for years. Uh, I took them off last year in 2019. One of them was the British Car Festival. I've literally mm-hmm. been going to that show for like 25 years. And I just decided to take a day off, uh, a year off because I think there was another conflict. Because that's the other thing, that, that there's so many shows now. Because I think I, I kind I, I attended about 50 different wow. car shows, cruise nights, uh, cars and coffees for the mm. entire 2019 car show season. Wow. And there's so much competition. I mean, sometimes there can be three and four different shows on one day, and you just have to kind of pick and choose. Yeah. And it's really hard. I mean, I think one time 
this is a couple of years ago, I attended three shows in one day with different cars. So I was literally just jockeying back and forth between the Car Guys Report warehouse, picking up a different car and, and taking it out to a different show. And I don't think I ever wanted to do that again because it was a lot, of, a lot of running around. Plus, you can only be at each show for like a half hour. You know, yeah, like, right. wait a minute, I got to. I know. Um, and I, I didn't try out the chicken sandwich. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but the fudgicles are really good. Um, but, you know, you can do a cars and coffee in the morning and and then go to a show in the afternoon. That right. works out pretty well. Um, but any more these days, it's usually kind of one event per day, I think. Uh, and, and again, you know, the, you can't really pick and choose as far as, you know, people pick their date for the car show and they pick that date and they don't know exactly what else might be happening. Yeah, so, sure. But I'll probably go back to the British car show, I think, this year uh, just because... Um, I just wanted to take a year off. And there's a couple other uh, shows that I had been going to regularly. And, and, you know, we had tried some of the smaller town car shows this year. And, and one thing I liked about those is the fact that you see cars that you don't normally see at every show up in the suburbs, but then we started seeing the same cars at all the small town car shows too. So right. <laughs> it's kind of funny how so that maybe just a different geographical region. Exactly. Would be better, yeah. You know. <laughs> it's funny, <laughs> but uh, we are at the car guys report warehouse. We've got a parts delivery coming in the front door here. So we're going to take a break and we'll be back soon. This is minutia men with Rick and Dave. Uh, this week's minutia men with Rick and Dave. My grandma's got a tea bag. Speaking of bags, big bag of drugs. My brush with the empire car. Man. Our interview with Mike Toomey from WGN. All that and unlimited tangents on this week's Minutia Men. The Tony Lasano Podcast, an OPI production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Radiomisfits.com. If you missed Lasano or La, Los, Los Anno and Friends, here's what you missed. My name is Ryan Cheverini. I'm the co-host of Windy City Live. I had hip surgery like a month into our show. Are you a little young for hip, hip surgery? I know, right? I've, never, I've never had so much in common with senior citizens in my whole life. I'm going to like the rehab center. Honestly, they would pick me up. I'm on crutches. And I'm hanging out with like 65 plus. And we just sit there and talk about our hips. <laughs> in the good old days. That said, your numbers with the 65 and older crowd on that show Oh, yeah. I'm killing it. Yeah. I'm killing it. We can talk all about, you know, him hinge impingements and all now, kinds of stuff. Now, do you will you need replacements after a while? Or no, I think I'm going to be okay. I, yeah. uh, it's a long, long uh, life of playing college football and hockey yeah. and every sport that beats you up. Yeah. So, uh, actually, my hip surgeon told me I had it done the day before my 34th birthday. I know <laughs> the timing was weird. Yeah. The day before my birthday, and he said that I'm actually in the middle for people that he sees. He okay. could see people young as 18 yeah. kids, yeah. athletes. Yeah. So, uh, no, I had to do everything else. I didn't have to get it replaced, okay. but um, but. Ron Majors did. Yeah. And Ron Majors and I sit and talk about our <laughs> hip It's great. Radio Misfits. Get more. Lozano and Friends. Lozano. Now on Lozano.com. Good luck trying to spell Lozano or whatever the fuck it's called. And we're back here on the Car Guys Report, Informed Automotive. Mark Vernon along with special guest Bill Kubik. And we've been uh, talking about Bill being a nationally recognized Buick specialist, particularly for 1958 Buicks. Uh, to uh, wrap up this episode of the Car Guys Report, Bill, I wanted to just have kind of a general car bull session, as we say. And one thing that... Um, I know I do is when I look through uh, cars for sale online at like Hemmings or whatever, if I find a 1958 Buick that looks particularly good or bad, um, I'll send you the link. And then I like always like to get your commentary on it. And there was one Buick that came up uh, a few months ago towards the end of 2019, a 1958 uh, Special. And it's one of these cars where, and, and desecration might be a kind of a strong word here, but... Is it desecration to take a car like that and do what this person did to it? That is, everything was completely unoriginal and not correct on it, and they're trying to get you know a hefty six-figure price or five-figure price for it. I mean, what are your thoughts uh, on that? Yeah, and and I mean, so one thing that I can think of is that people do what they want to do, right? Exactly. And if, and if yeah. They, if they really like what they've done to the car, and if they want to you know, change the interior or change the mechanics or the brakes or the drivetrain, you know, they can do that because it's their car, I yeah. suppose. But I, I guess I, I wonder, though, that if they do that, how 
marketable and saleable is that, right? So if you keep it original, you'll know that these are the agreed upon prices. There's there's price guides out there. There's different rating scales. And I don't care if you spend $200,000 on your paint job. You know, it's, right. you're not going to get two hundred thousand dollars out of it. You know, right? Um, you, you could say like one man's junk is another man's treasure. You could do vice versa. One man's treasure is another man's junk. Yeah. Um, just so people know what we're talking about, this '58 special was a two-door hardtop. It was painted Lexus Indigo Blue with Mazda White Pearl as the, as the two tone. So you've got two Asian car manufacturer colors, which might be beautiful colors, but but they're modern Asian car colors on a 58 special. Mm. And then some of the wrong items, not even everything. I just made some notes here. This car had aftermarket vintage AC, which is okay. But then they put a swamp cooler on the passenger (laughs) side. And the swamp coolers are things that you usually see. If people don't know what we're talking about, they were, I think, popular like in the late 40s and more into the early 50s than in 58. Mm -hmm. And usually you see them on like trucks and station wagons and stuff. Basically, it's a big metal thing that you hang on your, your, your door and you roll the window up and you fill it with ice or cold water or something and then the air rushing as you drive through the thing is supposed to cool the air and it directs it inside the car. I don't yeah. know if they work. I've never really... It, it Supposedly it does. Yeah. And it makes the, the air more humid. Okay. Which I guess cools it down in the car. Okay. But I mean, it just looked dumb having a swamp cooler yeah. on this car w- w- along with air conditioning. Yeah, that's like, makes that no d- sense. Makes no sense. It had uh, very ornate pinstriping on it. It had dual fender mount mirrors, which were still kind of... You and I are kind of out the out the lunch on that, whether yeah. they're standard or, or an acceptable uh, modification. Had Kreger mag wheels. <laughs> it had electric cooling fan, which again can be either or. It had a tri-power setup, which makes no sense because they never offered that in, in 58 at no, all on right. any Buick. No. Uh, so a tri-power setup, wrong valve covers, totally yeah. wrong valve covers. It had an MSD ignition and an alternator, so that was totally resto-modded from that standpoint. Mm-hmm. It had what they called a factory Continental kit, which I have question mark, question mark, question mark after because, like, none of the <laughs> Continental kits no were factory. Continental <laughs> kit from the factory, no. Um, purple dome light. Yeah. Uh, incorrect interior style. Mm-hmm. It had, like, speakers in the back, just laying on the back <laughs> seats, which made no sense. Um, wrong two-tone. The colors and the scheme was wrong, too, mm-hmm. I believe. Yep. And then it had, for whatever reason, if you're not familiar with a 58 Buick, it has a beautiful emblem right on the center, front center of the hood that's open to, so just to, for styling or whatever. And these people, they actually filled that emblem in from the back and then painted it white or whatever. Yeah, it just right. did not look right at all. No. Yeah, for it, sure. It made no sense. Yeah. Um, it had Willwood brakes, which is an acceptable resto mod item. But I mean, this car was just over the top mm-hmm. and there was just so much that was incorrect about it. I mean, it's almost like desecration just because from the standpoint that a 58 Buick is a rare car. I mean, if if it was a dime a dozen car where there's just, you know, thousands and thousands of them out there and you want to do this to it, then okay, maybe. But you're kind of taking a rare car and you're just... You're kind of ruining it. I guess I liken it to taking a maybe a, a fine piece of old furniture, right? Uh, an antique Chippendale or yeah, something and like refinishing that. And it refinishing it in some it weird... And painting it red yeah. and silver with stripes on it yeah, and, exactly. and glitter and saying, okay, now I'll buy this. It's yeah. like, well, I, I wanted the underneath skeleton <laughs> yeah. of that. I didn't want all this extra Exactly. Stuff and you've ruined the value. And right. in the case of like antique furniture, right. you know, if we ever, you know, I watch Antiques Roadshow a lot and then and the first thing they always say is, well, if it had the original finish, it'd be worth $300,000. <laughs> but somewhere along the line, someone refinished it and it knocks off a good part of the value. And you're right. talking, you know, 60000 right. that it's worth instead yeah. of 300000 right. I mean, a, granted, a 58 uh, special hardtop. No, no, it's never going to be, never going to be a huge car but if that car i mean they were asking the mid mid uh fives for that car uh mid fifty thousand uh price mark for that car if that car was a hundred percent original and super good shape i mean what would that be worth maybe 25 30 maybe yeah yeah yeah. because it was a special it's not a convertible um but 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 yeah i mean essentially and 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 honestly they might not be super rare but they're rare in in not in the production numbers originally yeah they were rare in what's left yeah well that's what i'm saying there's not that many of them left so that's why i kind of say it could be desecration just because you're taking something that there's not a lot of them left correct and you're just doing this i mean if you were to buy that car you you would cost you thousands to 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 put it back in yeah (laughs) and take off all that other stuff the thing that i just i didn't understand that tri-power i just did not understand why they did that. I've never seen that on any 58 Buick anywhere. No. 
<laughs> it just, just, just boggles your mind. Yeah, yeah. It just didn't look good at all. But And then uh, I found another car that, that recently sold on Bring a Trailer, which is one of our favorite websites we talk about here on uh, the Car Guys Report all the time. This one was uh, located in Washington State, and it was a 58 Buick Special Estate Wagon. And I showed you the picture. It, it, the only thing that I didn't like is it's white over black as a two-tone, which is a little weird. And at least the seller said that, knew that the steering wheel was incorrect because mm-hmm. it's totally incorrect. And then you pointed out that the hubcaps were incorrect yeah. from like a 68 <laughs> or something like yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than those items, it's a pretty correct car. It was clean and straight. They had a lot of pictures of it undergoing restoration. The underneath of it looked really nice. Um, and I was going to ask you, something about this bill they referred in their description to they were calling the grill they referred to, and i want to know if this is correct or not they said it was the fashion air dynastar grill design yeah that's correct it is yeah. okay yeah they, they call it that because it's fashionable um they have like 160 squares and they're all beveled in a certain direction so that they catch the light mm-hmm. no matter which way it's coming so it's fashionable um, so that's the the fashion star, the star piece, and then it's a an air piece because it's it's wide open. Essentially. Okay, so that's how the car gets its ventilation yeah. to cool itself down. Okay, so fashion air Dyna star. Yeah, <laughs> so, it's it's a marketing thing too. It was but, exactly, um, but it was correct though in the description. Yep, yep, so that's, that's good. what it's referred to. Yeah. Um, this car had well, they said thirteen mi- thirteen thousand miles shown, but then they always uh, on every BAT listing you'll usually see the. Uh, abbreviation TMU, which means true mileage unknown. They're just covering their butt, which is fine. I mean, any old car, you pretty much want to do that. But this car sold, though, for $42,500. It's a pretty good price. Wow. Yeah. For a special wagon, yeah. really? Yeah. Wow. Forty two five. Wow. Yeah. That seems really high. Well, it's a, you know, it's rare. I mean, that's a pretty rare car, right? Yeah. And it was well done. I mean, the, I still, the only thing I really don't like is the color. I don't like the white over the black. I just yeah. think it's weird, but. I would think maybe a Caballero would go because that's the, the that, century version. The century of the version. Wagon, yeah. And that's a little bit more desirable yeah. and more rare. Well, somebody, you know, again, every now and then on, on, on Bring a Trailer, it, it, to me, it's always a good uh, place to go where, especially with stuff that either sells or even stuff that doesn't sell because it's an auction site. So if a car gets bid up to a certain amount and doesn't sell because there was still a reserve on it, that's kind of saying the market has spoken and saying, you know, we only think your cars were 20 grand. But here, the market spoke and it sold for 42.5, which yeah. is pretty good. Um, and bring a trailer not known for necessarily a lot of American classic cars that they have on the site. They always have a great selection of uh, a lot of European cars, a lot of funky Asian cars. They do have classics, American classics, but not that many of them. I, were you checking the production figures I, I on was, it? I was, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> and uh, so, uh, so according to, the, to what I've got here from the Buick Club, the, uh, the special four-door estate wagon, they made 3663 30, only th- 3,600. Yeah, only 3,600. Wow, yeah. that's not that much. Yeah. Um, that's the four-door state wagon. Okay. And the Caballero, they made 4456 So this is actually rarer than it the is, Caballero. Yeah, yeah, Interesting. mistaken there, yeah. Interesting. And I would think that being a special, too, the bottom of the line, that how many of them survived? Because oh, yeah. they were probably just beat into the ground and and uh, driven till the, you know, there were just nothing left of them. Yeah, so. yeah that's true. And, and in the Buick Club, too, this is based upon our 2017 roster. There was five... Uh, caballeros that were uh, that members had, okay. uh, and there was no special really wagons. interesting. Yeah. Okay, well, hopefully the gentleman that just uh, purchased this car maybe will join, the, vehicle, he'll right? join the club. There you go. But uh, forty two five, that was a pretty good price, and, yeah. and I'm glad I found this listing too because I knew you were coming in today. And and uh, and then the the only other thing I wanted to talk about uh, real quick here is let me uh, get my little poop sheet here because things do get a little hectic here at the. Uh, car guys report okay we're set here you had uh, assembled for this year 2020 a pretty nifty looking buick uh uh, uh calendar yes uh, tell me how you came up with that idea and yeah and so at the end of last year um there's always been a 1959 calendar in the buick club that that there's a, a special uh, buick division called the 1959 division and there's also a 58 division that i belong to and so the 59 division had calendars, and I thought, hey, you know, why don't we do something similar for the 58? So I sent an email to everybody in the Buick Club worldwide that had wow. a 58 um, if they had an email address listed. And I said, hey, if you send me a picture of your car, I'll go through them and pick out the 12 best and then 
build a calendar. And then if you want to uh, buy a calendar, that's great. If you just want to submit your, your photo, that's great. If you don't want to submit a photo and just buy a calendar, that's great too. But then um, I, I gave them the price and it would include shipping. And then I, I kind of opened it up and I, I got a bunch of pictures. That's uh, awesome. And I put it together. And I also put it some interesting things on each day of the year or, or several days in a month, for example. And, and I was going to just highlight a couple from May 2020. <laughs> and on May 8th, of it doesn't say what year it happened or it'd be 58 it's all, 58, right? all yeah. 1958 yeah so yeah. may 8th of 1958 vice president richard nixon was booed by <laughs> protesters in peru yes that's a very interesting little nugget of uh, information you probably had to dig that one up i did yeah um and this is another interesting one on may 13th of 1958 velcro was yeah. trademarked i didn't know velcro dated yeah. back that far yeah that's true <laughs> and texas instruments also invented the microchip in and i can't remember the date uh, but in 58 as well and drew carey was was born on uh on may 23rd yeah. 1958 so yeah this yeah. is a, a fun calendar but it came out really nice and and the 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 stock that you use it's a nice glossy uh heavier weight stock mm-hmm. and uh, the, the pictures look awesome yeah and like is I, there a way someone um <clears throat> if someone is listening to the car guys report here i mean they can always email us at carguysreport at hotmail.com and i could forward anything on to bill but is that can you buy it through the buick club then too or no no so, it's just it's just through me and the division okay so the best thing to do is if you're interested in one of these uh, calendars, you can email me at uh, the car guys report at hotmail.com and uh, I'll pass anything that we get on to Bill and maybe you'll sell a few yeah. more calendars. And, and actually the cars in the catalog calendar are worldwide. I got some Which from is cool from yeah, and, yeah. Yeah, that's 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 what's really cool because we've talked about that too on the Car Guys Report in earlier episodes of some of the phenomenon uh, I remember we did a, a segment on um, classic cars in Sweden and in that uh, article there was a guy driving a 58 Buick. Yeah, okay. In Sweden. Yeah. So it's totally yeah. cool and and I know over the years you've you've corresponded with people um, in, I believe in Germany. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So it's cool that that uh, that they're out there yeah. worldwide. Yeah, and they submitted the pictures for the car uh, calendar too. So and then you also showed me too that uh, there's Old Cars Weekly. Is that a, a still a print publication as well, or is it just digital uh, it's, now? It's it's digital, but you can also still get the uh, the print copy. Okay, and they have a calendar that they publish every year. Yeah, and. Somebody had a 1958 <laughs> Buick Limited in there, much to your surprise, yeah, and it was your car. It is, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a beautiful picture. And uh, what month was that? Uh, September. Okay. The same month as, as okay. the calendar wow. that I put here. Yeah. Wow, that's crazy. I think so. it's because it's got leaves in the background that are kind of turning okay, sure. gold Early colors. fall yeah. colors, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so your 1958 Limited not only appeared, of course, in the calendar that you produced with other ones, but it's in the Old Cars Weekly calendar yeah, as well. Right. So congratulations yeah, you'll on be able that. to see it in two places. That's awesome. When you're listening to the Car Guys Report Informed Automotive on opishows.com, make sure that you subscribe to our podcast. When there's new uh, content that happens once a week, you'll get an automatic notification. And also, too, please take a moment to rate our podcast. We've got some great uh, ratings on Apple Podcasts, and we'd certainly like to uh, get a few more positive comments on our podcast. You can catch it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeart, Google Google Play, Stitcher, and TuneIn. You can search for Radio Misfits. You can also go to the opishows.com website, and you can also uh, search directly for us, the Car Guys Report, and you'll find it uh, when you search for it on Google. And just remember, too, that any podcast you get on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network is totally free, and it's listening on your own terms, whether you've got a phone, a tablet, a desktop, um, you know, whatever kind of device that you have, you can stream us live. You can stream us whenever you want. You can uh, rewind, fast forward, skip, replay, go back and listen to other episodes you've already listened to. It's listening on your own terms. And that's what's great about podcasting with the Radio Misfits Podcast Network and our podcast, The Car Guys Report Informed Automotive. Mark Vernon, along with Bill Kubik, uh, Luke Costable is on assignment and uh, just wanted to talk about his YouTube channel briefly. It's called My Car story with Lou. He's got over 1,500, probably up to about 1,600 videos now online. He's got over 60,000 subscribers to his website or his uh, YouTube channel. And what he does is he videotapes uh, people and they're very cool cars. The the selection of cars that Lou has on his channel is really unrivaled. It's really something special. And if you've never checked it out, definitely head on over to YouTube and type in My Car Story with Lou and you'll see what all the 
hubbub is about. Coming up on the next episode of the Car Guys Report, I'll fly solo while Lou is away, but we'll have more great car stories and what I've seen on the roads. Wanted to uh, once again thank special guest Bill Kubik for his second appearance here at the Car Guys Report. Bill, it's just a pleasure having you with us uh, once again, and we certainly hope that uh, we'll be able to do it again sometime in uh, 2020. Yeah, thanks, Mark. I enjoyed being here. It was a great time. Certainly appreciate it. Special thanks to executive producer Tony Lasano with opishows.com. Opie is hippo spelled backwards O-P-P-I-H shows.com distributed by Ed Silha with Radio Misfits Great Talk Radio isn't dead it just moved to a better place and that would be radiomisfits.com The proceeding was a presentation of Opie Productions Find our other great shows wherever you find podcasts including opishows.com Thank you. This has been a presentation of Old Pie Productions. Tony, can you shut up? I'm Steve Baskerville. I'm Howard Sudbury. I'm going to show you my doodle. <laughs> can you see my doodle from where no. you are? You know who else? Would? Walter Jacobson would doodle. And his doodle one day was close to my doodle. <laughs> he, uh, so you've seen his doodle? Sure. Uh, <laughs> he's seen your doodle. He's seen my doodle more than one day. <laughs> Back to you with Howard Sudbury. And Steve Baskerville. Back to you, an Opie show only on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Great talk radio isn't dead. It just moved to a better place. Radiomisfits.com. Direct from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Stay tuned. Rock on TV. Now at the Museum of Broadcast Communications. From bandstand to gaga, let's rock on TV. For info and tickets, visit museum.tv. Coming to the Radio Misfits Podcast Network and friends. That's us. I'm Kimmy. I'm Sam. And I am Tommy right here. We're going to talk about Florida men. We're going to talk about paranormal stories. We're going to talk about uh, city stuff. Sex talk. Sex talk. And sex talk. And yeah, sex talk will come up. But only if it's brought up. We got to keep that on the DL. So come meet your new friends with and friends on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network, radiomisfits.com, and Opie Productions. Coming up on the next episode of the Car Guys Report, Informed Automotive, Lou is on assignment, so I drive solo with information about a new Mercedes Superlux SUV and a new SUV from Aston Martin. Yep, you heard that right. I'm Mark Vernon. Join me for these stories and more on the Car Guys Report, a Tony Lasano podcast, an OPI production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network.